0: if we will pray with me father in your word in jeremiah chapter 33 verse 2 and 3 it says ask me and i will tell you some remarkable secrets about what is going to happen here this morning we're asking you questions we look forward to the remarkable things that you will reveal to us today and in the days to come and it's in jesus name that i pray let us all of us say amen, amen, amen and amen. amen. So today is the first of a six-part little sermon series that I'm calling Six Questions. Now, we're asking these six questions over the next six weeks, and the questions like today, who is God? What does it mean to live a meaningful life? How do we build the beloved community? Why do bad things happen? is there an afterlife and who am I? We're asking these questions because of a findings that I saw in a recent book called The Great Dechurching. Who's leaving and why they're going? And what will it take to bring them back? In the book, the authors Jim Davis, Michael Graham, and Ryan Burge state that we are in the middle of the largest and fastest religious shift in the history of our country. The research shows that 15% of Americans, that's around 40 million people, has effectively stopped going to church. And most of this de-churching has happened over the last 25 years. The authors go on to say, and these authors are two pastors who are also researchers, that no theological tradition no age group no ethnicity no political affiliation education level geographic location or income bracket has escaped the dechurching of America meaning all of us have stopped going to church in the dechurching people say that they still believe in God but they're disappointed in the church. Wow. They're disappointed in the church with the scandals that have dogged the church, sex scandals, financial scandals, all sorts of scandals. Wow. They're disappointed in the constant demands on their time, on their talent, and their money that churches seem to endlessly ask. And they're disappointed that the church did not or has not Answer the fundamental questions of their faith. And those fundamental questions are the six questions that we are going to tackle over the next several weeks. So today we're asking, who is God? Which is the first of these six fundamental questions. Now, as we get into this question, I have a question for you. And this question is this: How many of you still have satellite? or cable TV. How many of you still watch your TV, you pay money to the satellite companies or to some cable company? Well, you are in a minority because a whole lot of people, they're de-churching the church and a whole lot of people are doing what? They're cutting the cord. They're saying, you know what? I am not going to pay all this money for stuff I don't watch. So they're cutting the cord. They're, they're watching through subscription services. They're watching directly to the Internet. And believe it or not, I know some people who still have rabbit ears. They're cutting the cord. And with all of this cord cutting, there's some consequences. And one of these consequences is that these networks, like ESPN, one of the ones I like to watch, or CNN, like the, one, the other one I like to watch, they're making less money. And part of them making less money is they've made some strategic decisions. Now, in your bulletin, I highlight a fellow named Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson was an NBA point guard for 17 years. He played for the New York Knicks, the Indiana Pacers, the Los Angeles Clippers, and a bunch of other teams. And then he went to become a broadcaster with ABC. And for the last 15 years, if there was any big-time basketball game, including the NBA Finals, Mark Jackson was on the mic. Yeah, guess what we found on the Internet? (laughs) Mark Jackson got laid off last week from ESPN. Now, why did he get laid off? Because ESPN is making less money. They got to go with cheaper talent. So he got laid off. Now, if you watch Mark Jackson, and when someone makes a dunk or someone has a great shot or something like that, he's a a phrase that he says, and the phrase is, Mama, there goes that man. Mama, there goes that man. Now, if anybody familiar with Red Fox or anybody else, Mama, there goes that man is actually the punchline to a joke. And it's a punchline to a joke that's been around for years and years and years. And it's about an adulterous relationship. Now, I'll let you fill in the blanks after that. Mama, there goes that man. But it begs the question, Mama, there goes that man. Who is that man? Who is he? Well, in Mark Jackson's vernacular, if you're watching the basketball game, you know who that man is. Because that man has just dunked over somebody. That man just made a spectacular jump shot. That man has made a steal. That man has done something and you see for yourself what that man has done. Now the question that we're asking today is who's God? Who is God? Mama, there goes that man. We should be able, as Christians, to be able to answer the question, who is God, just like we're able to, when we're watching the basketball game, mama, who is that man? We should be able to answer that question just like that. So in your bulletins today, I give you a little guide about who is God. And the first guide about who is God is, how about the facts? How about the facts? Well, the facts are, are, are basically this, that God's existence is so conspicuous that the Bible never says, never questions who God is. The Bible just says, is God. In Genesis 1.1, 1, 1, it says what? In the beginning. And in the beginning, there was who? God. It doesn't define who God is. God is God. Mama, there goes that man. God is God. No other explanation needed. But we need more explanation. So the second point is this. That what about a definition of God? What about a definition of God? So song that we just looked at, Psalm 14 says that if you don't know who God is, you're a fool. Who is God? God is in three persons. God is the Father, God is the son. And God is the Holy Ghost. And why is God in three persons? Because God wants to get to you in so many different ways. God is the same, but God varies his methods in terms of getting to you, pursuing you. God the Father, the creator of heaven and earth. God the Son, God made in flesh who came to earth to save us. God the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, which is the courage that gives us the ability to tell fallen men and women who God is and to do God's will here on earth. What about the nature of God? What about the nature of God? When we say the nature of something, and let's go back to basketball. Mama, who's that man? What's the nature of Steph Curry? The nature of Steph Curry is that when he walks in the gym, he's in range. Know what I mean? He can shoot right when when he, what's what's Steph Curry's range? When he walks in the gym, he can hit the shot. Well, the nature of God is this. God saves souls. God loves you. For God so loved the world that he did what? He gave his only begotten son for you. And as we saw in Bible study last week, God pursues us. Mm -hmm. God is not passive in our lives. God wants to be a part of your life and will give you every opportunity for you to be in God's life and God in your life. That's the nature of God. Now, number four, what's God's character? What's the character of God? Mama, there goes that man. If we're watching basketball, we all know the character of Micah Jordan. Micah Jordan is an assassin. Micah Jordan's gonna beat you, Micah Jordan's gonna figure out a way to beat you one way or the other. God's character is this. That God is just. God is real. And God wants you to be just and real as well. We are made in God's image, are we not? And although we are made in God's image, do we live up to that image? No. But God understands that and God will give us so many opportunities to live up to his image and we even use bad things to bring us back to God. Soon in one of our sermons we will talk about why the bad things happen. And many times bad things happen to bring us back to God. That is God's character. Now what about God's work? We see God's work all around, don't we? It is so wonderful to go out and watch nature. Mm -hmm. To watch the birds. To hear the rush of the air. To see the nice water. And it's also good to see God's handiwork. I was so glad When those kids came home, all those God's handiworks, walking to the house, saying, hello, Grandpa, how you doing? That's God's handiwork. That's God's work. And here's the thing. God does his work through us. God does his work through us. If you read the Bible, yes, at the beginning in Genesis, you've got God directly involved, creating the earth, creating everything, and then directly involved in Adam and Eve. And then after that, God is involved somewhat, but God is more involved through us, through regular, ordinary people who do extraordinary things. And making a mark in the world. Wow, wow. Margaret Tribble was one of God's ordinary people. Yeah. Margaret Tribble did extraordinary things to make a mark on the world. On. Extraordinary things with her students. Extraordinary things with her children. And I know in the year or so that I've been here, I have seen the extraordinary things she has done with her friends because I've seen the length of her friends of God to be with her, to take her places, to care for her. And that only happens if you yourself are extraordinary. God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Now, I talked about the dischurching of the church And I've talked about the cutting of the cord that folks are doing. But God's work and God's character is that God will never cut the cord on you. Some folks may think that God cut the cord on Margaret Tribble in the last several years with her illnesses and sicknesses and things that have happened in her family. God never cut the cord on Sister Tribble. And God will never cut the cord on you. But what God is telling us right now is this, that we've got to do church differently. Yeah. And church, if you look in the Bible, if you look at the things that we've been studying, many times it happens not in the church. Look at the verses that we studied last week in Bible study. That Paul and Silas and Timothy were traveling from place to place and they converted people not in a church they converted them in their own homes they converted people not in a church they converted people in a jail they converted people not in a church they converted folks wherever they were which tells us that we have to do church differently now preacher how we're going to do church differently we have some opportunities before us as a church, Greater Bethel. One of those opportunities certainly is the Maddox Center. And we've been talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. And I talked last week and I put it also in your bulletins and I sent to you via email. I hope everybody got it. Um, a series of meetings that we're going to be having starting on the eighteenth of August, where we'll meet in the fellowship hall. And we'll have conversations about things we need to do to put together a 5013C application. Now, that does not mean that we're going to do the application. What it's going to mean is that we're going to gather information. There's a six-step process that we're going to do. And it's going to go all the way to March of next year. And March of next year, we will have enough information to make what I call a no or no-go decision. And that decision is what we're going to do with the Madison Center. Are we going to use the center, and I say not the building itself, but also with the building also, to be a catalyst that will help us have church beyond the four walls? What are we going to do? And so that process is ongoing, and we want everyone involved in the process. I'll talk about it again on Tuesday night and take all of your questions. We also have an opportunity to do church differently as we look at increasing and enhancing the way that we present church with our sound and lighting and all sorts of things that we need to do to be able to be able to present our church when we're having church in the sanctuary and folks who are looking online. And these things that we are doing are not necessarily will bring us more people in the pews. Let me be clear about that. Because the trends are really stark. It will give us an opportunity as we've seen in the verses that we study. Yes, last Thursday in Bible study in the verses that we will continue to study in Philippians. That we can bring the joy of the Lord in ways beyond being inside this church. Because our overall goal is this. Is to bring people to Christ. Yes. We'd like them to be here. We'd like them to be here every Sunday. We'd like them to sit down in the pews. But the research shows that's not how society is heading right now. Amen. So what did Jesus do? Jesus varied the way that he taught and varied the way that he ministered based on the population that he was ministering to. He told parables to some people because that's the way they got it. Others he had other types of discussions with. And as a church, we have to be nimble enough to do that. To have great worship services here in the sanctuary. To have inviting services in the sanctuary. That what the goal is, That yeah, we want to see every single seat in the pews full. But also, we need to be nimble enough to be out in the community, to be working with people as we have done and we will continue to do in so many different ways. So who is God? God is you. God is each one of us. And as we do God's will, people will see you and cry, Mama, there goes that godly person. Pray with me, please. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to find out who you are. And Lord, as we learn about your nature, As we learn about your character, we are more able to do the work that you have before us. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, let us say, amen. Saints, it's your faithfulness in giving to greater Bethel that allows us to do the work of the Lord there are three ways you can give to us. First, you can use CatchApp App by typing dollar sign Bethel 140. Second, you can give using Giveify simply at a Greater Bethel, Athens. Finally, you can mail your contributions in to Post Office Box 49773 Athens, Georgia 30604. Thank you and blessings. Hi, this is Marvin Bland. So you're listening to this podcast, but are you a subscriber of this podcast? Being a podcast subscriber is simple. It means that every time that we produce a new episode, you'll get it with a notification right on your phone, tablet, other device, like Alexa. Now, subscribing to our podcast is easy. Use Google and type in the podcast with Marvin Bland. That's the podcast. Let me spell that for you with. M-A-R-B-E-N Bland. B-L-A-N-D. Now what pops up next are several ways to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, and other platforms. So don't miss a minute of sermons, interviews, and devotions. Subscribe to the podcast with Marvin Bland today.